and welcome to the Conservative Atheist Podcast. I'm your host, the Conservative Atheist, and we're going to be discussing some of the hottest, controversial, and in many cases considered taboo topics. We cover every issue you've ever considered, and several you haven't even thought of, from the unique perspective of a conservative atheist. Enjoy! Welcome back to the Conservative Atheist Podcast. I'm your host, the Conservative Atheist, and today we're going to talk about Maine. Uh, Maine, like Colorado, is attempting to take off uh, Trump from their ballots, and uh, in fact, they've already done so. Now, don't get me wrong, it's not going to work. It's absolutely not going to work, but that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to remove him from the ballot, uh, but none of that's going to take place. But before I go into that, I want to give a shout out to two friends of mine, two new friends. Um, they're EMTs, emergency, me emergency medical technicians, and uh, they work in ambulance service, and they are really stand-up good guys. So uh, I would say their names, and I've even considered saying their initials instead, but I don't want to, you know, cause them any problems. One guy said he might want to come on the show, which he's welcome to anytime he wants. Anytime he wants. Um, so I, you know, I look forward to that if he decides to do that. But uh, so today we're going to talk about Trump, not Colorado, but Maine. Now, Colorado, uh, took, you know, the first case, um, the people that were trying to get him off the ballot in Colorado lost. Then they took it to the Maine Supreme Court. You, you know, as I'm sure all of you know, every, every, uh, State has their own Supreme Court, and they they decided in a, in a four to three, um, a four to three decision that he was going to be removed from the uh, Colorado ballot for the both the Republican primaries and for the general election. So Trump took this to the Supreme Court, the U.S. Supreme Court, which trumps all other courts, and. So that's been put on stay, which means technically he's still back on Colorado's ballot until it's decided by the Supreme Court which way to go. And I think we all know what the Supreme Court decision is going to be, because as I've said in previous podcasts, uh, if they go down this road, if they go down this rabbit hole and they tell him that he can't be on a, a state's ballot, what's going to happen is, is that both sides are going to start weaponizing doing this to the other candidate. And that's just going to be pure chaos, pure chaos. And of course, big shock, the, the Democrats brought this about, just like they brought the filibuster about. Um, they eliminated the filibuster for Supreme Court justices, and Trump was able to put a couple of people on the, on the court. So it always comes back, they, they never think ahead. And it always comes back to bite the Democrats in the ass. And this is just another example of that. And that's what they deserve. Now, the second, there's a second state. And the second state didn't go through their court system to remove Trump from their ballot. They did it in a, in a very strange way, which is not going to work either. 
In fact, it's less legal than the, what the uh, what the uh, Colorado Supreme Court de- uh, decision made it ha- made happen. Now, this is the state of Maine. Now, if I sound a little off, it's because I'm exhausted. I haven't had hardly any sleep uh, because of my medical issues. We all know I, I I think most of you know I have cancer. So, yeah, I'm not uh, I'm not completely with it. I'm very tired. That's why this is going to be a very short one. And not not only that, it's going to be a short one because there's not a whole lot to say about this that hasn't already said about the Colorado decision. It would be an, a Pandora's box. It would, you know, all kinds of problems would come out of it. It would cause pure chaos, which it seems like that's the the goal of the Democratic Party, and uh, it, it would just be pure madness. So that's not going to work. It's going to be settled by the Supreme Court. So anybody that's worried about that out there, don't worry about it. It's it's a done deal. Supreme Court never could never some, let something like that stand. They've already accepted the case. That's why there's a stay put on the uh, Colorado Supreme Court decision. And that's why technically Trump is still on the Colorado ballot until the decision's made. So let's talk about Maine and let's let's uh, listen to the... Um, so, that, you know, so instead of going, again, instead of going through the, the uh, court system like Colorado did, Maine's Democratic uh, Democratic Secretary of State has uh, decided they're going to remove Donald Trump from the ballot, from the primary ballot, which again, she doesn't, it's a woman, she doesn't have the authority to do that. So it should be interesting. Now, this clip that I'm going to play, and I'm going to talk intermittently through the clip, this clip I'm going to play is, is Fox 32. Uh, it is... Um, it's it's live, you know. They call it live, but I don't, I don't know. It's obviously it's on YouTube right now, so it's not live. But live, call it, they call it live now. Okay, let's let's go with this. Randy Zellin. Randy, I do want to start with Maine because that's the biggest uh, developing news at this moment. Is this essentially the same thing that was being put out in Colorado when it came to trying to keep him off of this ballot? No, because in Colorado you had an appear. An appellate court basically say, no, we've determined that he engaged in an act of insurrection. He's gone from the ballot. Uh, That was from an appeal of the loan court's initial finding. Then you had a, a situation where we saw Michigan, the appellate court saying, we're not even reaching the point as to whether or not he should or shouldn't be on the ballot. So therefore, he stays on the ballot. Now you have a secretary of state. You don't have a court, no judge, a secretary of state in Maine determining that the former president shouldn't be on the ballot. So now, again, the, the, the secretary of state doesn't have the legal authority to do that. And so obviously the Supreme Court decision is going to take care of that. So. Nobody gets your panties in a, in a bunch. Everything's good. This is just, in my opinion, the reason why they, they, they do these things is so that they can show off how tough they are to their other Democratic colleagues and to their Democratic voters. So that's, that's what they're attempting to do. It's like grab one from column A, one from column B, now one from column C. That leads right into this next question that I had here. Maine Secretary of State issuing the Constitutional Insurrection Clause. So it's uh, Carol Lajara, and she's speaking to Randy Zellin.
like in Colorado, except Maine didn't go through its state court system, as you just mentioned. Instead, Secretary of State there said unilaterally uh, she decided to remove him, which isn't a good look, right? I do have her statement as well that I'll pull up as you answer this question. Well, it's not a good look because the Secretary of State of Maine is a Democrat. It's not a good look because it's not for a member of an executive branch or a member of a legislative branch to interpret the law. The executive branch, that function is to enforce the law. The legislative branch, that... Okay, so her name is the Maine Secretary of State. It's uh, Sheena or Shana Bellows. I'm going to go with Shana. Shana Bellows. ...function is to create the law. It's the judiciary that interprets the law. Therefore, if anyone should be determining whether or not the former president engaged in an act of insurrection, it would be up to a court to interpret what it means to engage in the act of insurrection. Yeah, a politician can't make those kind of decisions. That has to be made by a court. So why she thought she could get away with this, I don't know. And actually, I don't think she thinks she can get away with it. I think she's just decided that this is what she's going to do to make herself look tough to, again, the voters and to her Democratic colleagues. You're just taking a look uh, once again at uh, the statement from the main Secretary of State for all of our viewers. She says here, quote, I do not reach this conclusion lightly. I am mindful that no Secretary of State has ever deprived a presidential candidate of ballot access based on Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. I am also mindful, however, that no presidential candidate has ever before engaged in insurrection. So as you can see... And nobody has, according to the, to, according to the legal system. He has, not, only has he not, he's, not only has he not been convicted uh, of uh, insur- you know, supporting or being part of an insurrection, he hasn't even been uh, prosecuted or taken to court. He hasn't even been charged. So you're, you're, you're making this decision, which you're not legally able to do, based on something that's not even happened? Here she continues to be very vocal about what she thinks Trump had to do with the January 6th riots at the Capitol, his campaign calling her out on it. Do her comments create any problems or bias, really? Well, certainly the Secretary of State's comments to me evoke the following emotions. A, mazel tov, we get it. This has never been done before. You are the first one to do it. So don't separate your shoulder, patting yourself on the back. Exactly. That's what it's all about. The fact that you apparently thought about this very carefully, again, that's like a yawn moment. Okay, how is that in any way, shape, or form relevant to the question as to whether or not you had the power to do what you just did and whether or not you usurped your authority? Because when, how, where, and why, and what did you do to determine that the former president engaged in an act of insurrection? Because yeah, she can't, she can't, she did usurp her authority. She overstepped her, her, her abilities. And so that it's, it's definitely not going to stick. So again, nobody worry. It's definitely not going to stick. She's just making herself look like a fool. But of course, the brain dead liberals, the brain dead Democrats, 
the uh, leftists, they're going to love it no matter what. There may be a few out there that are intelligent enough to realize what bullshit it is, but uh, most of them are going to lap it up like, like, a, like a hungry dog because they hate Trump because he says what he's going to do and he does what he says. And that's the kind of president I want. That's the kind of president I want. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, you're, you're, uh, you're voting for Trump because, uh, you know, because you've been jumping on the bandwagon. No, he's jumped on my bandwagon. He said and done all the things that I would like a president to say and do. It hasn't been easy for him. He hasn't been able to complete all the tasks that he's promised to complete because he's not a dictator. He's not a king. And uh, it takes a king or a dictator to just wave a magic wand and make things happen. And that's not how this country works. So let's try this again. That's what Article 14, Section 3 requires. So for me... That was a political soundbite, a political dog whistle. It was a stunt. It means absolutely nothing. Okay, Randy, I want to go back to Colorado because in Colorado, the same conversation about the primary ballot in the state, except Trump back on that ballot after an appeal by the Colorado GOP. Are we not just going to see the same thing happening in Maine with the Republican group? Now, the GOP... Uh, obviously everybody knows that means grand old party, which is the Republican party. They, they made some kind of appeal and, uh, they've decided they've put, they're going to put him back on, um, the Colorado, uh, ballot. So it's not just about the Supreme court. It's also about what the GOP did. The GOP threatened to have, um, the GOP was talking about, um, you know, taking some sort of legal action. And so maybe I think that played a big role as well. Obviously, that's according to the news. Yes, and I think at some point, the Supreme Court of the United States is going to have to be the adult in the room because every blue state will look to toss the former president off the ballot. The red states won't. This is going to be the same back and forth that we've seen now with the impeachment process when... The Republican does something wrong, the Democrats want him impeached. When the Democrat does something wrong, the Republicans want him impeached. And it's just one big, silly game. Yeah, I agree with that. It is one big, silly, great game. But you know what? It seems like that it's primarily the Democrats that are doing these things. Uh, Republicans never even thought about something removing a Democratic candidate from the, the ballot. This, this is the ultimate, you know, they're, they're destroying our, uh, they're destroying our democracy is what they're doing. Our, our republic, our representative democracy. It, it is really time for the Supreme Court to stand up and take both sides, push them away from one another and act truly as the referee and make a determination for the entire country to look at and take notice of. And that has to be, how do we determine a, does Article 14, Section 3 apply to the office of the president? Again, that is an interpretation of the constitutional amendment. And B, what does it mean to engage in an act of insurrection? Does the person accused of engaging in the act of insurrection have to be convicted in a criminal court, proof beyond a reasonable doubt? Now, the fact is, is that Trump told them to go down to the to and, and protest uh, 
in a in a in a uh, patriotic and peaceful way. That doesn't sound like a. Uh, why would you use the word peaceful if you were promoting an insurrection? Come on, man. Does that person have to be convicted, for lack of a better way of putting it, through an impeachment or an impeachment-like proceeding? Not quite the same standard as proof beyond a reasonable doubt. And until the Supreme Court interprets as it is supposed to, what is the letter and the spirit of Article 14, Section 3, we all sit back, eyes glazed over, not wondering what in God's name is going on here. Yeah, I'm telling you right now, the Supreme Court has taken the case. They're going to throw it out the window and everything will be fine. They, if they let this happen, that's that's literally the end of our democracy. Because then it's going to be weaponized by both sides. I, I mean, you're right. It does seem like so many premature moves with no real weight to them, kind of going back and forth, nothing really being decided. And if anything, it, it just has so many more people stepping up for the former president because, as you said, he hasn't been convicted of anything just yet. There's that's exactly right. Here's the thing. Them pulling this bullshit, them trying to get away with this, it just sh it just proves his his uh, claims. His claims are that he's being uh, persecuted by the state, that Biden and the Democrats are weaponizing the government and the court system against him. And this is obviously, I mean, the more they do, the more they prove it's true. A lot of legal trouble, but again, to just outright say you're not going to be on the ballot, that just sounds like it's stepping on a lot of toes that uh, go against the Constitution as a whole. Exactly. The cynics would say that whoever is making any pronouncement about what Article 14, Section 3 means in the context of the former president running is someone who is interested in 15 minutes of fame, someone who's interested in becoming relevant for maybe even longer than 15 minutes, but no one, in my humble opinion, except for the justices of the Supreme Court of the United States, should be speaking out on whether or not anyone has the right to remove the former president from the ballot. Uh, I'm speaking out, so I'd slap this guy on his little bald head. <laughs> um, so the bottom line is that the Supreme Court is going to take the decision. These people do not have the authority to remove him from the from the ballots of those states. They're going to lose, and they're going to have egg all over their face, and Trump's going to be standing there with his arms folded with a big-ass grin on his face, and they're going to lose their fucking minds. And they should, because if they're dumb enough to do this, then they should suffer the, the repercussions. They should suffer the consequences, which is looking like a jackass and, and feeling like a fool. And since they are jackasses and fools, this works out perfectly. And it may very well be, and I think a lot of us hope, and this has nothing to do with whether you like former President Trump or you don't like former President Trump. But for purposes of our democracy, for purposes of a free and fair election, I think most reasonable people would agree that it should be up to the voters to decide exactly. who should be holding the office of the president. And it shouldn't be some politician or some, you know, some court system that decides who gets to be president and who doesn't. It should be the voters, period. Short of 
a conviction for an act of insurrection. No secretary of state, no state court, no state appellate court should be deciding who or who not, if that actually is a phrase, or who can't, who shouldn't. It is only up to the voters to determine who should or should not be holding that office. Exactly. I 100% agree. Randy, that segues me to my final question here. Clearly, you have noted that the Supreme Court should step in, make this decision so that we're not just deciding state by state for themselves who's going to be on the ballot or not. If the Supreme Court does take this case up, when would that happen? Will it be before the November election, do you think? Yes, I think it's going to happen quickly, as well it should. Now, the interesting thing is, does the Supreme Court decide to kick that can down the road uh, and leave it up to the states, which would be awfully interesting and, and, and certainly make for a nail biter and then step in after the fact. But I think there's that old saying, nature abhors a vacuum. Uh, the same way the stock market hates uncertainty, I think the voters likewise should hate uncertainty. Yeah, everybody would be extremely upset if the if the U.S. Supreme Court decided to wait till see how many states did this and then rule on it. Everybody would be extremely extremely upset. They need to take care of this now and quickly. And I think the Supreme Court should once and for all step up, step in. And make these critical determinations. So, you know, he sounds like, you know, I'm half Jewish, so I'm not making fun of Jewish people, but he sounds like the famous uh, lawyer, famous attorney, Alan Dershowitz. He also sounds like, uh, he also sounds like, what's his name? Um, the famous comedian. Um, oh, Christ, I can't think of his name. He's been around since the 70s. Well, whatever. He's the the one that married his uh, his uh, adoptive daughter after she turned adoptive daughter after she turned over eighteen. Oh crap! What's his name? Oh, it doesn't matter. I'll think of it. This way, come November, we can have an election. Maybe this time around, that we can actually all count on and be proud of. Randy Zellin, legal expert, friend of the program here at Live Now, always a pleasure. So the way she pronounces it doesn't sound right, but it's Randy Zellen. Zellen. Pleasure to have you. And I have a feeling that this isn't the last time we're going to hear of a state kind of making their own decision to try to remove the former president. If and when we get all of those new developments, of course, we welcome you back here to break it all down for us. Thank you. Okay, that was it. That was it. <clears throat> Oh, man. So, and cr crazy, crazy stuff. You know, they think that they can get away with this. They obviously can't. But it just causes a lot of problems. It causes a lot of chaos. And apparently that's what they want. Uh, so, what can you do? You know, that's, the, the Democrats are full of dirty tricks. And there's not a hell of a lot you can do. Except for make them look like fools. Absolutely make them look like fools. Okay, Woody Allen, that's who it is. I couldn't think of his damn name for some reason, which is crazy. But Alan Dershowitz, Zellin, the guy that was just on there, I think his name was Alan, maybe it wasn't, Zellin, 
and uh, Woody Allen, they, they all saw it exactly the same. If I turned around and looked at a wall, I mean, I might be able to pick out Woody Allen, but I couldn't tell the difference between uh, Alan Dershowitz and, uh, and uh, Zellin. I definitely couldn't. And what that's that has anything to do with, I have no idea. But so that, I mean, that's the bottom line. This isn't going to work. They're not going to be able to remove him off. He's already back on the Colorado ballot. And shortly enough, he's going to be back on the main ballot because their Supreme Court's going to make their decision. And that's going to be it. That's going to be the bottom line. And for all those Democrats out there that are dumb enough to hope that this is going to make something happen, you're wasting your time and effort. You're wasting your hopes and prayers. And you're just going to look, feel like, and look like a fool. You're just going to have egg on your face. And it's going to be one more victory for Trump and one more defeat for the Democrats, the liberals, the leftists, the progressives, whatever, whatever the hell you want to call them. It's, it's just going to be one more, uh, one more defeat for them at the hands of Donald Trump. And he's going to sit back and laugh. And I, I think... I mean, my prediction is he wins the Republican primary, regardless of all the shenanigans that are being pulled by the Democrats. And then he's going to turn around and he's going to win the presidency. And he's going to have a second fourth term, or a second fourth term. He's going to have a second four years. And so that's, that's my prediction. Hopefully, he'll be even tougher in his second four years than he was his first four years especially since they went out of their way to make sure that he wasn't able to complete the wall, that he wasn't able to do a lot of things. Uh, he tried like hell, but, you know, again, he wasn't a dictator. Presidents aren't dictators. They're presidents. And that means that they don't have the right to, you know, they don't have the right or the ability to just wave a magic wand and make things happen. Now, don't get me wrong. There are certain things they can do that with, with these executive orders, but they can't do it with everything. They just can't. That's not possible. And so uh, I wish it was sometimes, but then again, I'm glad it's not when it's a Democrat in office. So, And you can't have it both ways. You can't have it one way for Republicans and another way for Democrats. As much as Democrats think you can and as much as, the way, much as they try to make that happen, that's just not going to happen. But you got to figure, this, these are the same people that think that you can cut a boy's penis off and magically turn him into a girl. And yet they talk about how they're, they're the party of science, they're the party of reason, and yet they buy into the whole transgender thing. So if they were the party of reason and they were the party of science, they wouldn't, they wouldn't buy into the transgender bullshit. They would realize that it's trendy, that it's a sign of mental illness, and that it should be dismissed. And, you know, certain people should be treated psychiatrically for it. And other than that, but it shouldn't be catered to in any way, shape, or form. If you're born a male, you're a male. If you're born a female, you're a female. And that's it. And there's an extremely, extremely, extremely small percentage of the people that are born intersex, which means they're kind of ambiguous. They're somewhere in between a male and a female. But those are extremely, extremely rare. They do exist, but they're extremely rare. And so... And that, that has nothing to do with transgender. This is, this is just, a, you know, they ran out of things. They were, they were championing black people. They were championing uh, homosexuals. They were championing women. And 
now they they couldn't think of anybody else. They couldn't think of anybody else left, and so now they're championing people that say I'm a I'm a, I'm a I was born a man, but now I'm a girl. Now I'm a woman. You know that that's the craziness. But what can you do? You know, these people are going crazier and crazier and crazier. Here's my question: After they get tired of the whole transgender thing, what's going to be their next um, big thing? We've already had people like Rachel Dolezal call themselves uh, transracial. So, in my opinion, Sean King is another Rachel Dolezal. In fact, in my opinion, uh, Mariah Carey is another Rachel Dolezal. Um, not to get too far off the topic, but Mariah Carey was on uh, the talk show of... Uh, oh, what's the Mexican comedian's name? Um... I can't think of his name. But anyway, he had a talk show for a while. And they were doing uh, 23andMe free DNA tests. And a lot of people came on. Larry David and a bunch of other people. A bunch of other famous people. And he did it himself. The host did it himself. And he had Mariah Carey on there. And he said, well, I'll do it for you for free. You know, people are always saying that you're pretending to be black or half black, but you're not. I'll do a DNA test for you. She said, no, I know what I know. And I'm not going to. Yeah, you know what you know. You can't even spit in a tube or something and for free and, and get you know get proven right. No, rub egg and rub snow in the face of everybody that claimed that uh, that you weren't legitimate and you were you're a fake. You were a wannabe. The only reason why somebody would say something like that is because they're lying. They're absolutely lying. What was Sean King's argument that he was half black? That his mother was a whore. That was his argument. That his mother was a whore, and even though his father signed his birth certificate, he's decided that he's actually half black. If you look at pictures of him as a little kid, he's not half black. If you look at pictures of him and his father side by side, they look alike. I mean, th this is so goddamn ridiculous. That's what you're basing on? Your mother was a whore? I mean, come on. Mariah Carey gets a free shot at proving her argument to shut everybody up. All she has to do is spit in a tube. She refuses. All right, maybe swab the inside of her cheek, whatever the case may be. Something super simple, uh, you know, not, not really all that invasive. And she can prove her point. Nope, wouldn't do it. All Rachel Dolezals. There's, there's other Rachel Dolezals. I, I just can't think of them right offhand. But it's sad and pathetic. And of course, you know, Mariah Carey is a leftist. Sean King is definitely a leftist. If you don't know who Sean King is, look him up. He is an absolute fucking fool. People on the internet have called him Talcum X. You know, like Malcolm X, except for Talcum X, Talcum Powder. <laughs> Nobody's buying his bullshit. You know I me, mean? black people I've seen do YouTube videos about how full of shit um, Sean King was. And how he's uh, another Rachel Dolezal. I mean, come on. Nobody's believing your shit, Sean King and, and Mariah Carey. I'm not. I'm definitely not believing your shit. Um, I love that interview where that reporter confronted um, Rachel Dolezal about isn't aren't these your parents? Aren't your parents white? And she just walked off. She didn't know what the fuck to say. She was a deer in the headlights. It was perfect. Excellent interview. Excellent ambush interview. It was wonderful. 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 And she had sent herself threats and all sorts of stuff trying to make it look like people were coming after her. Nobody was coming after that bitch. 
Nobody but that reporter that exposed her as a liar. It just makes you wonder how many people tell lies like that and get away with it and never get caught. So, as a final point, it's been more than a half hour. I know it's at least half or a third of, uh, of the time I usually... I usually go anywhere. Even if I'm by myself, I usually go at least an hour, maybe an hour and a half, depending on the, the topic. But I'm tired. I had a bunch of stuff I had to do yesterday night. I didn't get hardly any sleep at all. It was exhausting. And so... Um, Needless to say, I am not going to uh, stretch this out. Um, I'm so tired, I don't think I could if I wanted to. So, but there'll be another bonus uh, episode on Monday. It'll be, uh, <laughs> it'll be, uh, you know, um, moronic roundtable discussion. And it'll be a special Christmas edition. And uh, this little sneak preview, it's, you know, tell you what it's about. It's going to be um, a crazy black cult. It's part of the whole black Hebrew Israelite movement. The cult that thinks that black people are the original Jews, which is insane. And they're going to talk about how Christmas is evil and Christmas is a sin. And the Christ, you know, Santa Claus is a sin. Christmas tree is a sin. And they claim that even though they claim Santa Claus is a evil thing, they claim that the original Santa Claus was black. <laughs> Everybody. Everybody was originally black, apparently. I did not know that. It's good to hear that kind of stuff. It makes me feel better about my own sanity. Anyway, so that's what's coming up Monday, and the rest of the week is going to be a surprise. All right, and before I wrap this up, another, another uh, shout-out to my two new friends. Uh, the EMTs, emergency medical technicians that work in ambulance service. And uh, again, these guys do excellent jobs. I appreciate everything they do. And uh, super cool guys. Real, real stand-up, you know, smart guys. So I appreciate it. All right. I want everybody to have a good night. This has been the Conservative Atheist. I'm hosting the Conservative Atheist podcast. And I want to thank you for listening. Um... If I didn't, you didn't hear me say it before, Merry Christmas. And now I'm going to tell you now, um, Happy New Year. All right, take care, people. I'll talk to you next time. One last thing before I let you go. Tonight, when you're laying in the dark, flat on your back, staring up at the ceiling, drifting off into sleep. I want you to repeat this mantra over and over and over and over again. The conservative atheist is always right. 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 Conservative atheist always right and in the morning when you wake up you'll feel like a refreshed renewed person the sun will shine brighter the air will feel crisper the flowers will smell sweeter the birds will sing your name and all will be right with the world and if not maybe you're some jackass atheist that some far lefty 
bigot that needs to pull his head out of his ass. All right, you knuckleheads. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening.